independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. This poll that's out by the New York Times, it's a newspaper in Siena College, says a lot about America, but it also ties into immigration, and it is hilarious. Are you guys ready? Sit back, relax. Let's enjoy. 37% of Democrats say America is the greatest country in the world. And we'll, we'll break down some of those numbers. But I want you guys to think about what's been going on lately. What has gotten the biggest, just just the biggest, outside of the Queen's death, of course, which was on TV nonstop. The most eyeballs, the biggest talking points, the most time on television in the, in the, in the talking heads world over the last several days, radio included. Immigrants. The migrants. The wandering nomads that have come to this great country of ours because we are that shining beacon of light on that day here. And who have we talked about the most? Well, it's Martha's Vineyard. Of course it is. And who are those people when it comes to nationality? Well, they're Venezuelan. And what did they escape? Socialism. Oh, this should scare you more than anything. You guys ready for this? The Dems have a favorable view of socialism, 53%, comparatively to capitalism, 44%. Soak that up for a second, kids. Talk about the irony that's right there. As we talk about immigration and, and the 2.5 million people that have come here and all of that other stuff... The fact that we're talking about Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, Cubans, all escaping something, the Democrats are like, that looks like a good idea. Does it? Well, capitalism's mean. Oh, I see. And it's greedy and it's unfair. What do you think governments are? By the way, let me ask you guys a quick question. As I, I said this to somebody the other day who was, you know, harping on about me. Well, greedy, you know, uh, it's all greed with, 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 with capitalism. I said... Who runs corporations? What do you mean? I go, who runs corporations? People. Who runs governments? People. Oh. Yeah. That right there says a lot. Just, it points out something uh, that, look, you can be a Democrat, and I know many of them, that are all about capitalism. They want the rich to pay their fair share. What they want really isn't so much to pay their fair share. They want the rich to, you know, they want to fix the tax system. So it's more equitable and favorable, but also understanding that when you go and do something like that, that the people that put this thing together, well, they're putting it together as much for themselves and their friends as anything else. But the fact that, that anybody on the Democratic side outside of young people who are idealistic and stupid in many cases, because when you're young, you're stupid. When I was young, I was stupid. I was naive. The fact that 53% have a favorable view of socialism, because they don't know what socialism is. They have no understanding of it. They think socialism, they think Denmark, you know, it's the Scandinavian model. The Scandinavian model is not socialism. They're not socialists. They'll tell you we're free market capitalist. What we are is we are higher taxed. That's it. That's the only difference. We don't really produce anything, but we're all about free markets. 
So that version of socialism isn't really socialism. It's capitalism with higher taxes, but also less production. So what I often wonder, like, so when, uh, and that's a, like, what do you think socialism is? Because if you say Scandinavia, you're wrong. If you say Venezuela, well, you're right. And these people fleeing from where? Venezuela to come where? To America. They passed several other countries. They decided, no, this is the place we're going to come. And what were they given? An opportunity to go to arguably the leftist, most capitalistic place on earth outside of Berkeley. And Berkeley's more socialist than anything else. Martha's Vineyard. And they were welcomed with open arms for about eight to ten minutes, and then they were sent upon their merry way. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. I'm telling you, it's crazy. And then you got the immigration thing, which isn't going anywhere anytime soon. We know that. You know that. Uh, it is, it, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. And the fact that we're talking about this just shines a spotlight on what is happening. Really does that, that? Okay, maybe there's there's a real issue here. There's a breaking point of of you know what some of these these little towns, these cities, these communities can handle, and that breaking point came years ago. But until there was the quote unquote political stunt, nobody paid attention. Out of the battle over immigration tonight, and a new number, a record high, more than two million apprehensions at the southern border in just the last year. Tonight, the Biden administration pressed to explain the historic surge of migrants arrested at the southern border. More than two million apprehensions in just one year, the largest number ever. The president telling me the U.S. is seeing an increase in people fleeing political oppression. On the border, why is the border more overwhelmed under your watch, Mr. President? Fewer immigrants coming from Central America. This is a totally different circumstance. Yeah, totally different circumstance. Why? Because they're coming from somewhere else. No, I mean, we're, we're asking the question about the numbers. Where they're coming from, I, uh, I, you know, and we know they're coming from places where, well, socialism reigns free. The administration says the migrants are escaping failing communist regimes, and sending them back there is not an option. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. The president insists he's working with other countries to stop the flow. Translation, how much money do we have to give you to keep them in El Salvador, somewhere else? Because the way that you're supposed to apply for asylum is, and this is one of the things we've talked about at nauseum, is the first safe country you get to outside of your own. So you're escaping your country, whatever country that is, right? Pretendatoria. So you're escaping Pretendatoria, and you've landed in Utopia 4. But you want to go to Utopia 1. In theory... You have to apply for asylum in Utopia 4. But what's happening is they go from Utopia 4 to Utopia 3 to Utopia 2, and then they get to where they're going, which is more often than not America. Oh. But the first safe place they came, where they wouldn't be persecuted because of their religious beliefs or their, who they loved or their politics, well, that wasn't America. But the numbers, sir, it's the numbers. It's the numbers that people are looking at. The numbers say ugly. The numbers say 
nightmare. It's the numbers. Where they come from doesn't matter. It doesn't. We can't take every country who has a despot leader. We can't take everybody in. And even if we do, we can't ask everybody on the border to just absorb all the numbers because we don't want to put people out in other places who say they are willing to do it, but in real life, they're not. But border cities like El Paso, Texas are overwhelmed. Shelters at capacity, people sleeping on the streets. El Paso now busing migrants up north. With just under 50 days to go until the midterms, Republican governors sensing a political opportunity. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew nearly 50 migrants from San Antonio to the liberal enclave of Martha's Vineyard. They were provided um, an ability to be in the, the most posh sanctuary jurisdiction maybe in the world. Yeah. And, you know, there's reports coming out. By the way, they stayed inside a church the first night. Uh, they, they weren't welcomed into people's homes, right? They weren't. Uh, some of the message boards that were out there. It's like, well, we, let's be nice to them, but they need to leave. They're not our. They're not our people, right? They're not. You know, like it's 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 crazy. Some of the stuff that's out there, but won't be reported on. That while they were welcoming, they were also cheering. Yay! Good luck to you. Have fun. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. Again, the numbers are massive. The numbers. Here is actually somebody from Martha's Vineyard. Of the migrants uh, who volunteered to come to Martha's Vineyard, were you surprised when they arrived? No, I wasn't. And I actually, I really praise him for doing that because it wasn't a stunt. I know the media has been saying it's a stunt. But, um, you know, how do you get the attention of, of, of the administration? How do you get the attention of Harris, who's supposed to be in charge of this? That Do you think she's been a good border czar? I don't, it's really a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke indeed. It is. Call it what you want. A political stunt, political posturing. It's a wake-up call. But I continue to go back to, these are people who are escaping persecution in a failed regime in places like Venezuela, coming to a nation where half the country is like, we're welcoming you with open arms, and they're all on the left, and the reality is, they're not. They're not welcoming you with open arms. They want to talk about how virtue they are. They want to signal their virtue. But that's the only thing they want to do. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. To Twitter, tweet at us, text the program. Mike Lyons is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. He's been with us since the beginning of the nightmare uh, that is... And it is a nightmare in Ukraine. But Ukraine has been fighting back. They've been pushing back. They've been doing a lot of things. But the reality is, is it's getting serious big time right now. And Putin, well, he is he is stepping up big time in where he's going to start to push. He had a huge speech today. We always have to take this kind of rhetoric seriously. It's irresponsible rhetoric for a nuclear power to talk that way, but it's not atypical for how he's been talking the last seven months, and we take it ser seriously. We're monitoring as best we can uh, their strategic posture so that if we have to, we can alter ours. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about that, but uh, let's just say he's doing something not seen since World War II. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Lear. 
capital. You want to go there and check it out. Inflation, they're expecting, you know, as rates continue to rise and they're going to rise and rise. And of course, rate jump today. Uh, what are you going to do? Inflation, you're seeing the market. There's, you know, instability. People are on edge. Uh, it, it's good to take some of the portfolio, some of the money you've worked hard for, and put it into precious metals, and that's what Lear's about. They're an amazing company, 25 years. They've been in business doing this the right way. they got an amazing uh, score on Trustpilot, and they do things that others just don't do. First and foremost, they're going to send you a free Kennedy silver half dollar. Secondly, and I love this, they, they want to educate you on all the things that goes on in the marketplace, what to look for, what not not to look for. They're not interested in, in just putting you in something. And I know that, well, yes, they are. No, they're not, and I'll tell you why. They're going to give you a 24-hour trade, essentially, that you you make a trade. And if within the first 24 hours you're not happy with it, you get the invoice, they're going to back it out, and you don't have to worry about that. No obligation to you. Go to learchad.com, get all the information you need, and your free silver half dollar, Kennedy silver half dollar, learchad.com, learchad.com. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where independent a la carte thinkers have a seat at the table and a voice in the dialogue. I'll have what she's having. This is Chad Benson. Yeah, maybe a little EWF, Earth, Wet, and Fire. What day is it, please? Tell me. Ah, love the song Earth, Wind, and Fire. 1978 hit. So, uh, written by Maurice White, Al McKay, and Ali Willis. They almost got rid of Bada Body. Almost got rid of it. They decided to keep it. I love it. It's awesome. Earth, Wind, and Fire is one of those things where it's like, I watched the video today because I, I, I text Phil this morning. I said, dude, I just went to grab this and on the YouTube, and uh, uh, I got I just down a rabbit hole. But uh, it was so hilarious because I watched the video, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's the 70s, so let's just, it's the 70s. And as I'm watching the video, I'm like, I don't even... Like, what are you wearing? Like, why do you have a cape? <laughs> There's like eight guys with the capes. All different things. It was spectacular. It was spectacular. Speaking of spectacular, Space Force. What? Space Force. Producer Phil, you and I joke about Space Force. Did you know they have a song now? I did not. Are you ready to hear the Space Force anthem Anthony sent this to me late last night, and he goes, it, underneath he goes, I don't know if this is real or not. Well, sure enough, it's real. So the Space Force song is spectacular. That's the Space Force. So it says, we are the mighty watchful eye, guardians beyond the blue, the invisible front line, warfighters brave and true. 
boldly reaching into space. There's no limit to our sky. Standing guard both night and day. We're the Space Force from on high. <laughs> it's awful. We thought this one was better. Oh, God, that was spectacular. That is, that is awful. But we might need Space Force. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Today, Putin up the ante. What did he do? He had a big speech today uh, that a lot of, that, that maybe didn't go as far as some people thought. In fact, there were people that were escaping over the last few days, young men in particular, who thought they were going to be drafted into and conscripted into the military why is that well his ass is getting kicked right now and uh, he's pushing back mike lyons our military analyst is going to join us straight ahead to talk about that chad benson show Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Putin also announced a partial mobilization of Russian citizens as he tries to ramp up the size of the military for the war effort. This all comes as Putin suffers heavy battlefield losses, President Zelensky dismissing the moves as noise and thanking allies for their support. Yeah, uh, it's getting real, uh, and it's been real, but I think for the rest of the world, they're starting to pay attention because our attention span is that of a gnat. And we move on to other things. Of course, the queen died, so we paid attention to that. But the reality is the moves that the Ukrainians have made is uh, it's pretty damn significant, and it's causing the Russians to do some stuff. Joining us now, the guy that's been with us every step of the way, a retired major in the Army and a basic military analyst, uh, one and only Mike Lyons. And Mike, uh, they did some stuff today, and he is, what is he, semi-conscripting 300,000 people? Yeah, that's about it, Chad. Uh, partial mobilization, looking for reservists who have a served already, have specific military skills, have combat experience. And, and in reality, not a lot of people meet those criteria. Um, so, you know, the, the 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 speech that was given had so many lies to it. There's no other way to kind of put this and unreliable when it came down to, you know, how many people they think they're going to get. They're saying 300,000, which would be a significant change if they all showed up trained and ready to go. But I, but um, I still don't think that they're they've got that number. This is, again, partial mobilization. It hasn't got the rest of the country it totally involved yet. The, the question is, how many exactly will show up in, in the theater and when will they get there? 
You know, Mike, you talk about how many will show up. Uh, they have suffered some 80,000 casualties from, from death to, to, to wounded soldiers. They, they have, they're putting now, essentially, they're asking reservists to come up. And like you said, how many are they really going to have? And how many of these, these people are going to make a difference anytime soon? Because the Ukrainians are pushing and pushing hard. And you talked about it. You told us, oh, it's going to start, you know, right after Labor Day. And they were surprised, it seemed. How bad is their intelligence? Yeah, the, the Ukraine military has the advantage of what's been superb U.S. intelligence since this started, since even before it started. And they're they're taking advantage of it in ways, combining it with the, the technology that we're giving them that is causing Russia almost to come to its knees. Now, it's hard to say that because Russia still wants to just fight this to a stalemate. They still are in about... Uh, let's say 20% of Ukraine, they still have large number of troops in, in the Donbass region. If you look at it from historical perspective, they have enough to go on a static defense and they're trying to do that now, claim that area as Russian territory. So that's that's all in the offing. And and I, let, I don't want to be too optimistic about what the Ukraine military can do because of what Russia can do on the other side. And that's that nuclear equation. You're seeing more uh, being written about that now in, in the media and and studying that, and that's you know something I did in the past. I was a nuclear weapons officer in, in our military and know about Russian doctrine and tactics when it comes to that and what their capability of. And should they decide to go that route, um, the balance would tip greatly back in favor of Russia. That's is the harsh reality of it. And you know whether or not we've got enough deterrence on, on the Western side to keep them from doing that really remains to be seen. Yeah, because uh, we're talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, because he did ramp that up today, right? He ramped up the, you know, if this is our territory and if you guys even encroach on our territory, uh, we're, we're going to step it up. Uh, but right. while he could change the battle right there, the war would look significantly different because 60 minutes the other night, uh, you know, they brought out old Joe and old Joe said a couple things. And we'll get to the other one. But the first one, he said, if there's yeah. chemical or nuclear attack in any way, shape or form, well, that changes the equation. Right. So let's talk about what that means. So if they decide to use a nuclear tactical nuke, let's get, leave it at that. And it's going to have to be something that's far enough inside Ukraine where it won't eventually hurt Russian troops, either from a fallout perspective or from a, uh, a blast perspective. OK, so so you have to think about, number one, how are they delivering that? Is it an artillery piece? Probably not. It'll probably have to come from other mechanism. But what that'll do, though, is it will fix conventional forces on the Ukraine side. The Ukraine conventional army leaders now have to say, we've got to spread out. We can't become targets because that nuclear uh, round ends up becoming as accurate and as effective as some of the technology, precise fires that we're firing. We, the Ukraine is firing back on, on Russia. So that that's what the first issue that that's right there. But that also, the, I think, though, strategically. Taking it to the next step is uh, you've going to have every NATO country now at this point, including the United States, basically has to get together and say, we have to now have regime change. Vladimir Putin can't stay in power once this is over. We can't. All, it's, it's he's he's now become Hitler. We can't, you know, during at some point in the Second World War, Germany just couldn't have said, ah, you know what, we're going to stop. We're going to sue for peace. Uh, uh, He's got to go. Well, that's really what what that that would mean. So I think you'd see a very overt operation that Russia would do turn to a very covert operation on on the other side and you'd see nato countries involved you'd see every country now taking a run at him covertly inside of russia to try to do some kind of internal regime change i think that's 
that's the other result of this. And and again, changes the, the dynamics. Maybe it forces U.S. and NATO to res- respond conventionally. But again, then you have escalation on Russia's side. Now Russia fully mobilizes. And once again, look at history. History shows that the country that has the larger industrial complex will win a war of attrition, will win this kind of war. So, so Russia just has to wait out Ukraine, not get this escalation point, which I still think and believe that, that Vladimir Putin is not that desperate yet to use that tactical nuke. Yeah, that was my next question. How desperate is he? He's not quite there yet, right? If he, There's still some sanity, even though, you know, people are starting to push back. I read yesterday and earlier today that uh, uh, many men were fleeing last night, getting the last flights out of Moscow because they wouldn't want to be drafted. So mm-hmm. obviously news is getting out that things aren't going well. You're seeing more and more people in the press ask certain questions. He's not quite at that desperation level. When does he get there? I, you know, he's going to, I would expect he should at least give this the winter and see how the European nations respond to not uh, having some of the energy and seeing what impact it has there because he can't hold, create a static defense inside the Donbass region. And, and Crimea is important for him. It's where the Black Sea, the naval, the naval forces that he has is that warm water port. And it's, it's the reason primarily why he took it in 2014 to begin with. Um, he had been leasing it so from Ukraine in one of those you know deals of 99 years and and whatever similar to what you saw Russia do in Syria having that warm water port there. Um, so he's that that likely is the is the last place that he fights and, and maintains that a region a, a foothold there. But um, but uh, if he can find some general officers that it could at least get into the static defense, um, Ukraine still is going to have a problem mobilizing itself. The, R- Russia claims that they're calling up 100,000 men. I, I'm not sure where they're coming from either. They're they're as exhausted. I, you'll see, you know, in, in these media reports showing how well Ukraine is doing. That's true. But they're also suffering casualties as well. And, and they've got the advantage, again, of the technology right now. Um, but they still need men. They still need a, a tremendous amount of soldiers if they're going to have to go on the offense to take those areas in the static defense back talking to mike lyons military analyst uh you know mike uh biden the other night let's switch switch lanes here really quick biden the other night 60 minutes said you know you know nuclear or chemical attack this is what's going to happen we're going to be there but he also threw out taiwan and i found that to be very very interesting because uh you know taiwan you know obviously the one china policy well putin and xi met the other day the most awkward thing i've ever seen is that picture of them standing next to each other obviously xi is not happy with russia uh in what is currently going on there and even india basically said look we like your cheap oil but the reality is you're being a you're you're being an a-hole so uh mm-hmm. it, it, i look at this if i'm xi and i'm russia at some point in time, don't we say, let's test this old guy over here and uh, let's see what he can do, because he's not going to fight both of us at the same time. Yeah, I I think that China is the other deterrence for him, Putin not using nukes in Ukraine. Uh, the question is, how desperate is is the Chinese leader? And and that that's one course of action, as you, as you highlighted there. Um, but um, or, or Xi decides to go the other route and becomes the peacemaker. Let's say he gets Russia to stop what's going on in Ukraine and and puts the you know kind of the world on this peace pause for a little bit and then decides to take another route into Taiwan. He he takes Taiwan by strangling it. He doesn't he's going to I'm going to assume he's read Sun Tzu. I'm going to assume he's read the ancient Chinese uh, battle technology theories that say 
let's let's not fight even fight this war if you don't have to they could strangle taiwan they could put blockades around there's a lot of things that they could do there that would give them an advantage without having to fire a shot so um i i don't if, if he lights the fire though if he lights the powder keg and decides to go into um into it right now and and throws the world in potentially a third world war situation again unthinkable on so many levels uh i I would be very surprised i i have to think he has an opportunity to be a peacemaker i think he'll do that get some credibility and then look to strangle off taiwan in the coming years maybe maybe in the next seven to five seven to nine to ten years which one of the western allies has Zelensky's ear where they could sit down with him and say look you guys you, you know you, you kicked their ass you got him out of Kiev uh you know they cuz you know you know I've talked about it, right we don't surround on all fours that you right. want to give him an exit but he seems to be of the mind we want him out completely because all they're going to do is reset and then come back as it again but we also want to fund him forever somebody's got to have his ear and say look we we got to figure this out because we can't fund you forever in a day uh to keep this thing going who has his ear yeah that's a great question i i don't know if Zelensky can make that deal even if someone had his ear and and he'd have to sell that to the ukraine people right now they are in a in a fervor of um you know lathered up to the point where they're willing to fight and die to the last person so i i'm not sure that that scenario could exist internally how he could sell that to his people um, but frankly, uh, the only country that might have that level of legitimacy is the United States. It's not Joe Biden. It's somebody else. It's, it's some other legitimate leader inside our government. Maybe it's Blinken. I, I don't know. But, but obviously, from what we see on 60 Minutes, you just can't even seem to have a conversation at that level. Uh, I, I'm just not sure. Maybe it's uh, the secretary of defense in our country. But but the Germans don't have any legitimacy. The Germans have been talking a great game for five months and they still can't get out of their own way. Um, the French don't have the same power as they used to because it also at the end of the day, they haven't you know, the dirty little secret about the French is they haven't destroyed all their nuclear power plants yet. So they're going to be OK for this. And because they you know, they talk one game about the, the Green New Deal, but then in the same token, they're still they still haven't outsourced their energy. So they ended up being smart about it. It was the Germans that are going to be in big trouble here, I think. Unfortunately, the UK is a declining power still in in Europe. So, so old Europe, new new Europe, and there's really nobody on the new Europe side. Poland, Romania, those those countries around there that have enough military expertise or military you know power to help. So, it's the United States. The question is, who's that person in the United States? It surely isn't the president. Um, maybe it's our Secretary of Defense. Maybe it's Lloyd Austin has that ability to tell Zelensky that. But I'm not sure Zelensky could sell that to the Ukraine people at this point. Love having you on, as always, because it's the best insight. Mike Lyons, uh, military analyst and uh, retired uh, major in the Army, man, as always. And and you got to play with the nuclear stuff, which is just, Mike, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. It's Thanks good for having, having me on, brother. And again, the, the key is going to be overt to covert. If they overtly use nukes, we're going to covertly go after Vladimir Putin. He's not going to survive the regime. Oh, man, that's going to be crazy. That is going to be crazy. Uh, God willing, that doesn't happen. Thanks so much, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. I mean, where do you go? I mean, at this point, over to covert. Uh, Woody, well, it's good to hear that Mike says, look, he's not quite there yet, which is, I think, what people want to hear. And I understand if you're Zelensky, you don't want to give up anything. You want to take it all back. You know, at the same time, and I, I and we're going to fund it, right? There's no doubt about that. But, you know, how many people are you willing to 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 let burn? It's what can we do? And could China be a peacemaker? Maybe, maybe. 
But, uh, you know, I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, not quite yet ready for nuclear. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Go to Rough Greens. You do it. Simple and easy. You're going to get a free bag of Rough Greens. It's K9 Vita Smart, vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega 369. It's fantastic. Put it on top of your dog's food. Your dog will love it. And I do mean love it. They'll love the taste, but what it'll do for your dog's health is tremendous. With all of those great things, it brings your dog's food to life, which is what you want. And it has helped my dogs, my younger dogs, and my old dog in particular, Doodle, is alive and kicking. And uh, it's it's to me, I just look at Rough Green. It's the only thing we ever changed with him. And here he is still kicking around, running around, barking around, doing his thing. Get a free bag now. Cover the cost of shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Uh, listen to Mike Lyons there. It's interesting. Doesn't look like we're heading towards World War Three yet. Thank God for that. But I was just, uh, Phil and I were talking about all the mysterious people that have died. Oligarchs. Are you ready for this? Crazy, right? Soak this up, people. Uh, One in eight oligarchs have passed away. All of them have a few things in common. Oil and gas ties. Oh, oh, and they're (laughs) anti-war. Lenoid Shulman, 60 was uh, pushing back before the war even started. He was found with slash wrist in his bathroom, and a note found his body said that he was suffering uh, after having a leg injury because he was shot earlier. <laughs> My God. How many of them have thrown the, lots of murder-suicides as well? These are all oligarchs, all in their 50s and 60s. It's insane. It is. Uh, yeah. If you don't think there's... Some there, there with him. You're fooling yourself. Finally found something us Americans agree on. So we were talking earlier that America, like the division, like, you know, is uh, New York Times and Siena College asked the question, do you think America's great, the greatest country? And a vast majority of Democrats say no. A vast majority of Republicans say yes. Uh, and then it goes, you know, like socialism, you know, Democrats, the uh, majority of Democrats say favorable socialism comparatively to things like mm, capitalism. But there is something we agree upon. Quiet quitting. 82% of young workers, 18 to 29, say the idea of doing minimum required work to keep their job is extremely appealing. 15% are already doing it. This is over uh, about 900 respondents. Uh, Now, here's what's great. 85% of young women. 75% of young men feel the same way. 82% of uh, white respondents, 86% of black, and 79% of Asian. 84% of Democrats, 79% of Republicans, and 83% of independents all agree that quiet quitting is it. Oh, whoa. And again, what is quiet quitting? I think the best way to describe it is doing the bare minimum. Trying to, you know, and, and and in some cases, and again, you're going to get different, you know, different people say different things. It's it's you're slowly phasing yourself out of your job while looking for another job. Some is I'm going to give you the absolute bare minimum, 
don't ask me for anything past, you know, if you're off at 3, 301. And for some people, they feel like, okay, you're paying me X amount of dollars a year, but I'm worth this. So based on my calculations, I work till 4, but I stop working for real at 1. It's just crazy. But at least we agree on it. Quiet quitting. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Democrats hate America. That's not true, Chad. I know. Hyperbole. It's kind of fun, though. Did you pay attention to that? But they don't have the same favorable look on America as, say, Republicans do. That can't be argued. At least not in this poll. New York Times. Apparently, they're a newspaper. Siena College. Apparently, they're a college. Put them together. You have the New York Times, Siena College, National Poll. What's it find out? 37% of Democrats agree with this statement. America is the greatest country in the world. 55% of Democrats endorse the statement. America's a great country. Meh, not the greatest. 7% say the U.S. is not a great country, with the remainder having no opinion whatsoever. By comparison, 70% of Republicans said the U.S. was the greatest. Another 24% say it was the greatest, but not, it was great, but not the greatest. And only 5% say it was not great at all. And I can almost guarantee you that 5% are people who think the woke left is taking over and that the, and America's going to hell. That's a big disparity. <laughs> the disparity between the two is huge, though, when you think about it. So 37% compared to 70%. So you have like a 33% difference. In what America is. Forty-seven percent of registered independents, not affiliated with a party, said America's the greatest. Forty-five percent said it uh, was great, but not the greatest. So about fifty-fifty there. We're the greatest. Now, do we have flaws? Duh. Name a country. I continue to ask. It. Show me the country that has zero flaws. That 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 started in 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 their woke world and their ideology of utopia and has since built it up brilliantly in ways that you could not believe. Where everything was equitable and equal and everybody the same skills and the same IQ and everything was exactly the way it was supposed to be and it was loving and caring and that no other nation bothered them. And they never had to do anything because they were so beloved. You cannot show me any of that because it does not exist. It doesn't. Race, religion, education also played a part, right? 54% of white respondents said America was the greatest country. Of course it is because the white patriarchy. 33% of black voters who heavily identify as Democrats said that. Majority of Midwesterners and Southerners say America was the greatest. And this goes across all party lines, uh, compared to just 38% of Northeasters and only 47% of Westerners. Two-thirds of voters ages 65 and older say, hey, this is awesome. We're the greatest, comparatively to the younger generation who's been indoctrinated in our colleges 
and high schools, uh, ages 18 to 29. The least jingoistic, if you will, uh, were that younger generation. But who was the most when it comes to like education and age and stuff? Well, it was Americans who only have a high school education. Because you see, they're American and they're dumb. That's the way that some people look at it. Compared to 42% of college graduates. But here's the scary part for me. 53% of Democrats say socialism. I, 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 yeah, I like that. Compared to only 44% for capitalism. 66% of Republicans had a favorable view of capitalism, which to me is still way too damn low, compared to 86% of them who opposed socialism. What I'm getting at is, are you insane? Honestly. Look, you can dislike some of the stuff we've done. I, I have. Absolutely. You can look back at the atrocities that we've committed and the sins, 100%. But again, I ask you, What's the other place that's not committed to sin? Please show me that place that's been above reproach and nothing has ever happened. And, and you, you're never going to find one of those places. does not exist that doesn't have sins in some way, shape, or form. But the capitalism thing and socialism, I mean, we're talking about Venezuela, a failed socialist state that Hugo Chavez took over, ran as essentially a, a half-assed dictator where you pretended you had the opportunity to vote him out of office, all the while having zero chance of voting him out of office, runs his country into the ground, hyperinflation, and then when he dies, he passes off to Maduro, who's a bus driver who lives in a world of fantasy land while everybody else starves, and people are fleeing these countries to come here. Where? The beacon of hope. The light of opportunity. That thing on the mountain that people go, that's America. Let's get there. Because there's opportunity there. And they come here. Right? And the funny thing is, we're talking over the last, oh, several days about uh, Ron DeSantis. You guys remember him? He's the governor of, uh, of a little state called Florida. And what did he do? He took 50 Venezuelans, flew them to the bastion of supposed openness, in Martha's Vineyards, and people lost their ever-loving mind. They did. I haven't heard a peep about all the people that have been told by Biden you can just come in, and they're going, they're being abused by the cartels, they're drowning in the Rio Grande. You had 50 that died in some shed in Texas. I heard no outrage about any of that. Uh, I haven't heard outrage about all the fentanyl that's come across the border that's killing Americans in record numbers. The only thing I hear them getting upset about is you have 50 that end up in Martha's Vineyard. Then they get really upset. Yeah. By the way, 80% Democrat leaning in Martha's Vineyard. They welcome them with open arms to the point where you don't get to go into our houses. Uh, you stay inside this church here, and we're going to give you some stuff, but then you need to be on your way. And on the way they were. Within 24 hours, they're off to Kip Cod. No, uh, but it's the bastion of, of liberalism. It's the bastion of all this stuff. Because here's the thing, and this is the thing about socialism. It was designed by people to never live below it. The people who design it, the people who benefit from it, they always want to live above it. 
It's everybody else that needs to pay the freight. And that was a perfect example of the mighty and the powerful freaking out over, you know, 50 Venezuelans who show up and everybody lose their mind. Well, where did they come from? So you have this favorable look on socialism, yet these people are fleeing it. Ask them if they want to go back to their socialist country, which, by the way, Biden said, we're not sending them back there. The administration says the migrants are escaping failing communist regimes, and sending them back there is not an option. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. The president insists he's working with other countries to stop the flow. It's a heavy flow. Uh, it's fine. Well, Chad, I mean, they're not, you know, Venezuela is a socialist. Commun- it's a communist. It's, I do you think it all starts? They won't say they're communist, but they're socialist. But they're fleeing places. And the fact that they're coming where? Here. Why? Because of opportunity. Opportunity to build something. Opportunity to life. Opportunity at better. So it's amazing. I'm just, I sit there and I'm laughing my ass off like that. The irony of it all. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. It is getting closer. I think we're 47 days away from the midterms. And if I am the Republicans, just stay on message. That's it. That's all you got to do. Immigration. Inflation. Just stay on the message. Don't deviate. Don't get dragged into anything. Don't do any of the things that that you you know that many people want to do because they, they don't get into a fight that you don't need to get into a fight. Right? Don't. Just focus on the things that are affecting people day to day. And that is. Immigration's becoming a big issue. Well, I live here in a border state. It's been a big issue, I don't know, since I was a child. Inflation was a big issue when I was a child, then it went away for 40-some years, and it's back now. Mortgage rates are up a lot, and affordability has collapsed. Home sales have weakened. House prices are rolling over. That's to script. Uh, You know, it takes a while before higher interest rates to kind of affect the broader economy. Yeah. Mark's already there, but yeah, it, it, it's going to start to happen. Housing starts are down, which means they're not building as much. You're finding more and more uh, people are pulling back on several different things. You know, the refinance. Now, now, in theory, rates are still really low. I mean, when I was a kid growing up, you're like, well, I got a 12% rate. Well, you're doing something good. We got like an 800 FICO score. But it's we've been so addicted to cheap money. That there's still people out there with cheap money in hand. But once you start to see this cool down in the next several weeks, you know, you're going to get a sense of start to see the slowdown is going to be for real. And there's that lagging indicator. Big time. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Well, the other thing is, is with rates going up, you know, the Fed doing their thing, what are we going to have? Well, the borrowing money side is going to be, we think about it when we purchase a home or a car or credit cards, but you got to think about it in other ways too. And one of that is businesses, because we talk about it a lot, but businesses in many areas, especially bigger businesses, they have a credit line and that credit line is to cover their cost of payroll and things like that. 
what ends up happening is if that gets more expensive, they've got to start making choices, not only on the money they're putting into the business for goods and things, expansion, things of that nature, but also employees, and they're going to start cutting back. Oh, yeah. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Raycon, best earbuds around. Everyday earbuds. Wear them every day. Got them over here. Put them on. I'll do my editing a little bit later. Do some voiceovers. I have them on. They're comfortable. I'll walk around here. This is funny because I'll walk around here throughout the day and I'll have them on because I have my because they've got all this different you know modes you can put it in. My awareness mode is awesome, so I know what's going on. I can hear people talking stuff, and it's just it's fantastic. It feels amazing. I love 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 my everyday earbuds uh, from Raycon. There's tons of different styles and colors to choose from, but you will not be disappointed. Uh, 49,000 five-star reviews, uh, 32 hours of battery life, eight hours of talk and play time, and you're going to save 15%. Did I mention they're about half the price of other premium earbuds? Yeah, that's how amazing they are. Get yours now. Save an extra 15%. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Buyraycon.com slash Chad. Let's find out what's trending straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Running with scissors sounds great compared to this. Say woo! Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Yeah, what does that mean? I mean something, right? Like it's trending on the old internet. What's trending? Let's find out what's trending on the old interwebs. Shall we? Shall we play a game? Oh, we shall. We shall. All right, let's take a look here. Uh, oh, my goodness. Andor. Apparently, reviews are pouring in for Andor, a prequel series to the Star Wars standalone film Rogue One, ahead of its first three episodes, which arrived today. Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. What? Wait, what is that supposed to mean? You know what? Let's get rid of this music, shall we, for a second? Because, uh, you know, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. That's why Earth, Wind, and Fire is trending. Oh, yeah, I could see that. <sighs> Bond. Apparently, there's a new Bond. They're looking for the next Bond. They should. You know what they should do? They should have a open casting call where you have to come out. You have to fill out, like, an application, send in your resume. How funny would that be? Oh, my goodness, Chad. I don't know if that could be. Uh, that would be funny. Dilbert, cartoonist Scott Adams, we've had on the show many times, friend of the program, said he's been canceled in 77 newspapers because uh you know he's not uh he's an independent thinker he doesn't just go along with what everybody says head over to google where you know you never know what's trending over there the pooter is trending because uh well he has basically said uh, i'm gonna constrict some people kind of sorta and uh maybe a little bit more rainbow fentanyl is uh trending yesterday because uh well it's bad. I don't know if you're aware of this. <laughs> Fentanyl is bad. Uh, one of the things that goes on when you have a border that's wide open. Think about the stuff that we catch. Think about how much gets by. How many times a year do we hear you know the story from the airport? Like uh, 97.2% of uh, guns get through and dives get through. Uh, probably the same scenario goes on with, the, with fentanyl and many other drugs. Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of that, Luke Bell, the country singer, did die from an accidental fentanyl overdose. NyQuil chicken, which we discussed yesterday. So I don't know if you guys remember that. We discussed NyQuil chicken yesterday because, well, the world. Uh, I think the best thing to say is, 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 is have you met America? Because it's at times stupid. It's been dubbed the NyQuil Chicken Challenge or Sleepy Chicken Challenge on TikTok. The Food and Drug Administration says it's silly and unappetizing, but also unsafe. People have been marinating chicken with the cold and flu medication, baking it, and then eating it. The FDA says cooking NyQuil makes the medication more concentrated, and inhaling the vapors could lead to an overdose, adding that someone could take in dangerously high amounts without even realizing. Yeah, because they're idiots. And why we... uh, Every time I see something like this, this is this is a reminder to all of us is the reason that when you open up a bottle of, you know, Coke or Sprite or whatever, it says on the cap, don't don't eat it. <laughs> don't eat the cap. Who was eating the cap? Like if you're two or one, okay. If you're a shark, okay. What normal person's going, you know what? I think I was I don't know. I think I'm going to eat it. So uh, what happens when you uh, cook said chicken? I've done this in the past, and usually I use about, you know, four-thirds of the bottle. And uh, if it's your first time doing this, you can get away with using about a fifth. Season that NyQuil in there just at the right temperature. You're going to want to let it sit there and sizzle for about, you know, five to 30 minutes. Make sure you're constantly flipping over the chicken. What you're looking for is that blue color right there. Ooh, yeah, that steam, baby. The steam really makes you sleepy. Yeah, he started to struggle throughout the video, and then he poured the rest of it back in the bottle. I think he had uh, he had hit his max peak of NyQuil chicken. What a dumbass. But we've got to have the FDA warn the young. No, you don't. Let nature play its course. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter. Let's get a little woke. We'll do that straight ahead. A lot of other stuff to get to and some inflation talk as well. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. (sighs) A little wokeness coming up. Talking earlier about the new poll that came out, New York Times and Siena College. Socialism has a more favorable view by Democrats than capitalism does, which is a scary thing. It is scary. What the hell are you guys doing? What are you thinking? Please tell me. My goodness. Other things going on around the world that we should pay attention to, like true dictators, like evil, evil, evil people like the pooter. What's he doing? 
This morning, Russian President Putin addressing his nation and saying that Moscow will respond with all the means at our disposal if Russia's territorial integrity is threatened. He moved to officially declare large areas of eastern and southern Ukraine part of Russia, planning to stage referendum votes starting Friday, setting the stage to significantly ramp up this war. The White House slamming those planned referendums as a sham. Yeah, absolute sham. What's he doing? Well, he's getting his ass kicked by uh, a well, you know, it, this is not an up, it's not one of those things, well, it's, it's an upstart group of plucky, you know, no, these are, look, you, the Ukrainians, the rest of the world, which they're hardened in a lot more ways. You know, we'll talk about wokeness here in a minute. Our life is is so amazing. We, we find things to be angry about. We make stuff up. Oh, I'm angry about this. But the reality is that they're tough. Right. Their life is tougher. On a day to day basis, even when things are good, their life is tougher. Things that we even the poor have in this country, they're, they're middle class and well to do. Don't. It's don't. I was, uh, you know, pre this, I'd followed some people on, on YouTube that were, you know, Ukrainians. And, you know, uh, it was they live in like a middle class neighborhood. And they don't have a bathroom in the house. They have an outhouse that they dig out every couple months. So think about that. And think about what the winter's like. So are they plucky and upstart? Yeah, but they're also armed by, you know, the great American might of our ingenuity. But because of this, it's put Pooter on, you know, in the back a little bit. And it's made him nervous. Because he's seen what's going on. The rhetoric is getting louder. So he's calling up people. And this is something we haven't seen since World War II. Putin also announced a partial mobilization of Russian citizens as he tries to ramp up the size of the military for the war effort. This all comes as Putin suffers heavy battlefield losses, President Zelensky dismissing the moves as noise and thanking allies for their support. Yeah. China. China, thank you. But the mobilization that he wants, uh, we talked to our military analyst, Mike Lyons. You missed it, grab the podcast. And he said, yeah, mm, he, he wants 300,000 people that are reserves who are in fighting shape, who are ready to roll, who've got experience. And he goes, Mike's like, he didn't have that. He doesn't. And we asked him, too, hey, are you worried? Are you worried that he may twist off at any moment and go, you know, nuclear because you know uh, that changes everything and mike's like not at this moment and he's our military analyst he, he gets it he understands it and he's been pretty much as spot on in fact he called the 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 mobilization and the counter uh attack by ukraine and its forces like a week before and said yeah that's going like right after Labor, like literally the day after labor day it started and russia was surprised i'm like jeez mm, Shouldn't be, but they were. Oh, absolutely, they were. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us, text the program. It is Wednesday, so we can do Monday, right? We go to Tuesday, and we have tacos and stuff. And then we have Wednesday. And when we're talking Wednesday, we're just talking about how woke our people are compared to other people around the globe, right? Who are not living in the wokeness because they don't have it easy. They have it tough even in the best of the times. We, on the other hand, well, we struggle with all of our goodness, so we make stuff up.
It's that time of the week where we break it down for you and get you woke. It's all right. I feel that way, too. It's all right. Let it out. Like, can we actually agree that women get pregnant and not men? How dare you? White women raise the white boys who grow up to be little, misogynistic, patriarchal tyrants. I'm Pamela Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue it's time for Woke Wednesday. Yeah, Woke Wednesday. It's about being woke. It's about understanding certain things. And in understanding things, uh, you know, that, 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 you, you've got to be right, right? When you go into a, a, a world now, it's, it's he, she, and they, them. And, and, and if you don't get it right, it's going to go to hell in a handbasket. It is. It absolutely is. And you don't want that. Here are some tips to help you learn your students' pronouns. Are you a boy or a girl? Here's what you can do instead. Here, I like to use a Google form or a Microsoft form or any other survey app that works for you. I've stopped asking what your preferred pronouns are, and instead I say what are your pronouns because your pronoun is part of your identity and not just a personal preference. One of the very important questions I'd like to ask is, may I use these pronouns in front of your parents or guardians? And if a student uses different pronouns with you, their peers, or their parents, it's not your business to ask why. Using their pronouns respectfully is a great way to start building that relationship. By the way, you're not teaching, you're an activist at that point, right? Could we just all agree that, that that's what you are? You, you, it feels very activism-y to me. What do you mean? What? What? Why don't you call your students by their name? I've never once had a student a teacher go, he, he, they, them. Have you? Anybody? He, they, them, you, I, O, I, no, 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 no. But that's part of being woke, people. That is part of being woke. So for pronunciation, MX is pronounced like mix, like you're mixing things together. So it's Mix Siegel. When students come to my door, uh, my placard outside my door says Mix Siegel, and then my room number, uh, my syllabus, I put Mix Siegel. My email is signature says Mix Siegel. So whenever kids come in, they see my name on the door, they see my name on my syllabus. If they've emailed me, if parents have emailed me, they see that. So they'll ask, oh, how should I refer to you? And I'll say Mix Siegel is what you can use. Mick Siegel? Like, is your last name Siegel? <laughs> or or, or are, you, are you a Siegel? I don't know. I'm confused at this point. Because it could be. It could be. Admin has been super supportive. They made me a new placard for my door whenever I was officially like, hey, these are my pronouns. They changed all the pronouns in my evaluation and all my documentation as well. They've been super supportive on that aspect. When it comes to students, 90% of them um, are totally chill with it. It's not an issue. Um, some kids will still call me Mr. Siegel, which for me is not a huge deal. I don't like like it very much, but it's not something that I'm correcting them on. Honestly, other students correct students way more than I ever do. That's good to have little pronoun grammar Nazis running around. That's what you want. That's the world we face. So as we talk about what's going on in the world of wokeness, and like I said earlier, it's scary that 54% or 55% of, of the Democrats have a favorable look on socialism uh, and, and uh, look down on capitalism, don't think America's a great country. Uh, more Democrats uh, think it's, eh, it's about an average country compared to Republicans. 
there's a sense right there when you look at stuff like this that, wow, you hear that oh, mix, I'm this. It's more important that they get your pronouns and everything right than whether or not they read or write, right? I mean, is, that, is that what I'm hearing? Just, I'm asking the question. I think it's a fair question to ask. It's crazy. It is. And then you've got the, 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 that lady up in Canada with her ginormous or man lady. I'm not quite sure if it's because I'm like, this has got to be a stunt. This is a troll with their fake boobs, their ginormous breast. And, and they're like, we always stand behind, you know, uh, you know, teacher, whatever. And, and, uh, and I'm like, okay, so that's, that's fine. That's fine. Stand, I, I don't, but. Can you explain why this is, is is a distract? Yeah, I can explain why it's a distraction. It's a it's a it's a distraction. It's a distraction. Again, when you're in the West and you have it as easy as we do, as simple as we do, sometimes we need a reminding that we we come up with things to be angry about. But when you look around the world and realize the struggles that many other are going through and they're fighting for their existence, do you think they're walking around going, I don't hope the Russians are, uh, really uh, uh, respect my pronouns? No, I don't think so. Or do you think China's doing that? They do not. They do not. In fact, if you start playing that game in China, they play another game with you. How about Iran? That woman refuses to wear her headdress, that 22-year-old? The morality police come, snatch her up, and then she dies of a heart attack. Because all 22-year-old healthy people die of heart attacks when she goes to the re-education camp. Now they've killed three people because people are taking their scarves off and going outside. Men are outside protesting as well. And so what are you going to do? Well, let's use live ammo. So think about that. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Eden Pure has the Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm. It's the best air purifier around. It's amazing. I love it. I've got three in my house. I've got some in my studio. I like it nice and clean. What does it do? Well, it's the best air purifier around. They're small, they're out of the way, but they eliminate odors. They do not mask odors, which is something that's totally different. So don't be confused thinking it's going to, oh, there's a cherry flavor, but then when it goes away, uh, the, the stink comes back. doesn't work that way. With this, it destroys the odors. And it's great, especially if you have kids, you have cats, things like that. This is amazing. Right now, you're going to get three of them, and you're going to save two hundies by using code CHAD3. How do you get it? You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code CHAD3. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. You're going to get free shipping with that as well as the Oxyleaf 2 Thunderstorm from EdenPure. EdenPureDeals.com. Code CHAD3. Do it. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Coming up, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of inflation, how you can protect yourself against it. We'll talk about that straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. No need to socially distance while listening to your Chad Benson Show podcast or out of five experts say so. I'm a scientist. There is no corona. But hurry before they change their mind. You know they will. Chad's podcast found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite COVID-free podcasts. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. This is the Chad Benson Show. 
Markets crazy, inflation up, people not quite sure what to do and which way to go. That's why we need to turn to experts who do. Joining us now, Kevin DeMeritt, founder and chairman of Lear Capital. Kevin, thanks so much for joining the program. And again, you don't have a crystal ball. Uh, nobody does, because if we all did, we all live on an island because we know what's going on. But where do you think the bottom of the market is, uh, recession? Give us a, a quick snapshot into where uh, you think this market's going. Well, I think you're going to get, just get a lot of volatility. Um, ultimately, I think the market needs to pull back because when you raise interest rates, that slows the economy. Everybody understands when they lower interest rates, they're trying to uh, get the economy to rev up and, and move up. And right now they're trying to slow it down a lot. So the stock market needs to reflect that, which it is with this thousand point down day, 500 points yesterday and ended up down around 300. I think you have another 10 or 15% to go in the stock market on the downside and then you can start looking to uh, reinvest again. Absolutely. So uh, you guys, you know, what I love about Lear is it's, it's metals, right? It's, the, it's, it's gold, it's silver, things of that nature. And if people want to reach out, uh, you can go to Lear Capital. Uh, you can go to Lear Chad, better yet, and grab a free uh, investor kit. But why would people say, okay, you know, why should I put money in gold right now? And it's, it's kind of easy because it is a hedge for inflation and the way things are going. Yeah, so if you look at 1978, we had the same inflation rate today that we had in 1978, and we saw the same news in 1978 where the Fed was saying we're going to raise interest rates and we're going to kill this inflation off, and they weren't able to do it. Inflation is very, very difficult to slow down once it starts. So inflation back in 1978 started around 8.5%, 9%, and went all the way up to 15%. In that same time period, the precious metals market uh, increased by 300% on the gold side and around 500% on the silver side. If you look at gold and silver since 2000, the year 2000, it's outperformed the stock market um, by about 35%. So over a period of time where we didn't have a lot of inflation, it's outperformed the stock market. When we had inflation, it really outperformed some of the investments. So it's just a good diversification tool. And this is not for a big part of your portfolio, up to 20% of your portfolio on precious metals is a good hedge against the volatility and inflation that we're seeing today. Yeah, talking to Kevin Demerit, founder and chairman of Lear Capital. People ask, well, why why are metals like important to fight inflation or for your portfolio? Because I don't think people realize, you know, when you're buying the physicals, why it is important. Well, it's important because you can't make any more physical metal. Right? I can print up more stocks, we can issue more bonds, we can do a lot of that, but you can't do that with precious metals. So when you have too much, the definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. That's what you want with the precious metals market. You want all that money chasing something that we can't pull out of the ground faster than we pull it out right now. It's a fixed supply. So you see in real estate, you see in the precious metals and real assets do very, very well in times of uh, inflation. So that's one of the reasons people want to move to that. The other reason is it's been a currency for over 5,000 years. It's never been worth zero. It's never crashed, never gone bankrupt. So it's a great hedge or a de-risking asset against volatility and inflation. Talking to uh, Kevin Demerit, he's the founder and chairman over Iller Capital. Uh, people want to reach you. They want to get a hold of you. They're interested in this. And like you said, it's, it's for a portion of your portfolio. It's all about diversification. Uh, what's the best way to do that? Because you're also giving away, uh, you know, I got my silver dollar thanks to you guys. Yeah, um, we give a free precious metals guide away. And right now, uh, for you, we usually charge for this inflation report. But we're going to give the inflation report away uh, for your listeners at learchad.com. And it's inflation, 
the tax you didn't see coming. It'll give you potential ways to win against inflation and market volatility, either inside or outside of your IRA account. So even if you wanted to place some physical gold inside your IRA accounts, you can get this information and just take a look at it and see if it would be right for you. You know, it's funny. I had somebody the other day go, so if I use a portion of my IRA, how do they put physical gold in my IRA? That's a great question. Yeah, we actually send the physical gold to a depository in your IRA account. So it's there physically. You can actually get it delivered to you if you wanted to, uh, but it's, it's there physically. We, it's very easy. We've been doing this for 27 years. Um, makes it easy with an IRA process. Fantastic. Uh, Kevin Demerit right there, founder and chairman, Lear Capital. If you want to get the free uh, inflation report, which you should want, just take a look at it. Uh, you go to learchad.com, learchad.com. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got precious metals. Uh, you know, it's funny, my, my father-in-law passed away earlier this year, and my mother-in-law, uh, because they don't, they've, they've collected metals for years. So for the last you know, several years, since my wife and I have been together, they've, for Christmas, they're always giving me coins and little bars of silver and stuff like that. So, uh, and I've always had it because it's just been you know, something that it's uh, physically, it's kind of neat. And when I was a trading commodity, I had a couple guys who actually let their uh, options run out so they could collect it you know, back when gold was so dirt cheap because they thought it would be neat as a doorstopper. It's not that way anymore. It's expensive. Go to LearChad.com. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. This is the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. I can sum up what is going on in our country rather easily. Dems not a fan of our country. Republicans love the country. Well, that's not really, that's not fair. Well, that's according to a new poll. Do I think the Dems love our country? Yes, of course I do. Do I think they love the country and look at our country the same way as Republicans. They do not. New York Times, Siena College uh, National Poll finds only 37% of Democrats agree with the statement, America is the greatest country in the world. Instead, 55% of Democrats endorse the statement that America is a great country, but not the greatest. Another 7% that says the U.S. is not a great country, with the remainder having no opinion. By comparison, 70% of Republicans said the U.S. was the greatest country. Another 24% said it's great, but not the greatest. And only 5% said uh, it's not great at all. 2% have zero opinion. How do you have no opinion? I'm just curious. How is there no opinion at all? Veteran pollster Doug Schoen, who worked with the uh, Democratic uh, uh, President Bill Clinton, and uh, three-term mayor Mike Bloomberg said he wasn't surprised by this. I'm like, you're not? 
He goes, there used to be bipartisan consensus that America was a unique, special, exceptional nation. That's gone. Republicans do believe in American exceptionalism. The Democrats do not accept America exceptionalism. There was disparities by race, age, and religion as well. For example, 54% of white respondents said America is the greatest country. 33% of black voters identified who identify as Democrats said that. Majority of people in the Midwest and the South compared to Westerners and the Northeast. Two-thirds of voters over the age of 65 agreed with it. They were the most patriotic, while the youngsters, 18 to 29, only 30%. You know what's interesting? It's like, okay, so if we're not, I'm not saying we don't have flaws. We talk about that all day long. Of course we have flaws. Duh. But... If we're not, then who is? And who is the greatest country? And why are they the greatest country? And people go, well, it's Norway, it's Denmark, it's a, okay, that's okay. So, so, but who's the greatest country without the backing of the United States who stands alone and does it on their own with no real worry about, uh, you know, uh, military or, or, or the United States paying the freight for a lot of things. We forget about a lot of that stuff. Here's the other thing we never talk about because it's always about racism, right? It's evil. Look how bad America is. And they're being taught this in school, for God's sakes. Again, you know, most of our kids uh, are struggling to read and can't do math. And then you get to a point where you look up and you're like, oh, my God, Nellie, can't they do math? They don't even know what the three branches of government are. It's crazy. It is crazy. The least educated Americans were the most jingoistic. 59% of uh, voters with high school degrees or less said the U.S. was the greatest compared to 42% of college graduates. That says a lot of something right there. Meaning, when you look at that and the education side and you look at our educational system at this moment in time, and the fact that, you know, you go to college now, it's completely left-leaning, skewed. Uh, one party dominates the college campuses and the narratives and what they say kind of goes. And if you even try to show up on on a campus and you're on the right side of the aisle, you're going to get booed off and or, you know, people are going to freak out. It's 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 insane. But those people out there are telling everybody, hey, guess what? Uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, America sucks. and You guys should agree. Dems have a more favorable view of socialism than capitalism. By comparison, 66% of Republicans had a favorable view of capitalism, while 80%, 86% oppose socialism. Here's something else, too. That matters because we touched on it yesterday. That whole, like, what's a bigger threat to America? Is it MAGA or socialism? And across voters of all age and everything, they're like, well, you know, MAGA's not, that's, that's extreme and it's ridiculous and it's overblown, but the socialist side, people have more fear of that over Ma- than MAGA. Oh. But I think that sums up a lot of what's going on in this country. Right there. That poll right there. And it's funny because as we talk about this, immigration's still front and center in this. Front and center immigration. So the country that you're not a fan of, the country that you really think, eh, it's okay, Remember, we are the, the, the tester fish of self-governance in a way that we've never seen before. This, this great, this, this, this amazing thing 
of, all right, we're, we're doing it ourselves, right? Like we're, we're, we're an entrepreneurial country because we're entrepreneurial in and ourselves. Uh, we are born out of that, the spirit. If we can do this ourselves, we don't need anybody else. But for that evil that is our nation that some people think, or, oh, there's better things elsewhere and da-da-da, guess what? People are still trying to get here. And they're coming here in droves. Out of the battle over immigration tonight and a new number, a record high, more than two million apprehensions at the southern border in just the last year. Tonight, the Biden administration to explain the historic surge of migrants arrested at the southern border. More than two million apprehensions in just one year, the largest number ever. The president telling me the U.S. is seeing an increase in people fleeing political oppression. On the border, why is the border more overwhelmed under your watch, Mr. President? Fewer immigrants coming from Central America. This is a totally different circumstance. Yeah, totally different. Okay, again, I, I don't think people care at this point where they're coming from. The question is, why are there more people here? I mean, you're, you're setting records, and so is Mike Judge, the uh, the baseball player, right? He's chasing Maris. He's got 60 home runs. You have two point how many? Five million is what they're expecting? And they're like, well, it's a totally different thing, right? Before it was Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, but uh, now it's different. The, but the numbers, we're talking about the numbers, the administration says the migrants are escaping failing communist regimes and sending them back there is not an option. What's on my watch now is Venezuela, Cuba and Nicaragua. The president insists he's working with other countries to stop the flow. Yeah, yeah. Do we really buy any of that? Do we really buy any of that? I don't think we buy any of that. At this point, uh, it's hilarious. Well, it's uh, different people that are coming here. What does that mean? Well, yeah, but there's 2.5 million people that are that, that are coming here. You've got they're saying uh, half a million gotaways, which you know some border patrol say, yeah, that's that's really small. But we know for sure there's going to be two plus million when this fiscal year is over and done. Yeah, but they're coming from different places. What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with anything? Again, Republicans, your opportunity is here and now. But border cities like El Paso, Texas, are overwhelmed. Shelters at capacity. People sleeping on the streets. El Paso now busing migrants up north. With just under 50 days to go until the midterms, Republican governors sensing a political opportunity. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis flew nearly 50 migrants from San Antonio to the liberal enclave of Martha's Vineyard. They were provided um, an ability to be in the, the most posh sanctuary jurisdiction maybe in the world. Yeah. And by the way, they had like a uh, there was a guy who was on a like Martha Vineyard chat where you that, you know, you can go and and they were all discussing this. And it was funny. Essentially, a lot of the people on there, it's like, oh, let's be nice to him. But we need them to leave. They're like they're not Martha Vineyard kind of people. So we need them to go. Let's let's be nice. But then let's have them go. When can they go? But you guys are so welcoming with open arms. Yeah, that's what America does. For the hatred that a lot of people have in this country, even people that live here, here's the reality of it. We're still the beacon, right, on the hill, that shining light that people want to get to. 
where opportunity and freedom, these people are coming here because they understand. Yeah, they're escaping a place of hell because their their failed leaders have have failed them. But the reality is, is they're coming here because they see what we have. Opportunities, freedoms, a chance for a better life. Yesterday, I talked to Blake Masters. He's running for Senate out here against Mark Kelly. And, uh, you know, it's one of the hotly contested seats in the country, if not the most hotly contested seat outside of Georgia. And, uh, you know, Blake said, you know, I said, How, what's the number? You know, like, you know, for he goes, illegal immigration, zero. Said, That's the right number, zero. And, you know, we only had a finite time with him. And afterwards, he goes, you know, he goes, like, I don't, I don't, I said to him, I don't fault those people. He goes, hell no, I don't fault those people. I'll do the same damn thing if I was in their position. Of course. You know, this is the land of the golden goose, the land of opportunity. Right? This is it. They're going to come here. Why is that? Well, because we are the greatest. So they're making their effort to get here. Totally understandable. Ron DeSantis. I haven't heard a peep about all the people that have been told by Biden you can just come in and they're going, they're being abused by the cartels, they're drowning in the Rio Grande. You had 50 that died in some shed in Texas. I heard no outrage about any of that. Uh, I haven't heard outrage about all the fentanyl that's come across the border that's killing Americans in record numbers. The only thing I hear them getting upset about is you have 50 that end up in Martha's Vineyard. Then they get really upset. Yep, and they got uncomfortable. But they're coming here for a reason. Man, we got a lot of stuff. A lot of good stuff still to come. Mike Lyon's going to join us at the bottom of the hours. You guys haven't heard today. Touched on it throughout the show. Uh, Ukraine is doing something that is, well, it's pissed off the Pooter. And the reality is simply this. Uh, Putin is not happy. And he is mobilizing everyone. Vladimir Putin is trying to signal that attacks on those territories will be considered by Moscow as attacks on Russia. After the Russian military sustained heavy losses on the battlefield here in the Kharkiv region, this is the Kremlin's response. There'll also be a partial draft in Russia, meaning 300,000 men with reservist experience will be called up to fight in Ukraine. That's less than the full draft which many expected. Fears overnight of that led to flights out of Russia selling out. Yeah, I, I think the reality is is, is people are scared. Uh, they don't want to be a part of this over there. And so they're doing the half measure. If the opportunity to do a full measure was there, and it may still be, and it may be to the point where you're no longer a reservist. If you're here, you're coming. Uh, that's what Ukraine has done to them. And uh, we're going to ask uh, Mike some serious questions because he also threatened, you know, again, back to the nuclear side of things, things we have to pay attention to, because for all the stuff that's going on over here, there is a war going on and that war could potentially escalate like that. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson show is your Twitter tweet at us. Text the program. Rough Greens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Rough Greens. Get your Rough Greens. Best thing I've ever done for my dog, dude. Started giving him rough greens about four years ago, and it is uh, slowed down father time coming for him. Much older than when we originally adopted him. We thought, oh, he's a few years old, uh, maybe five or six. Uh, he's got a good, you know, five, six, seven years left in him. Well, guess what? He was like nine. And we thought maybe at best with the way he was acting, we had a few years left. We started giving him rough greens four years on. He's in the best shape he's ever been in since we've had him. We've been giving it to our young dogs since, uh, since we've had them, and they love it. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369, all this incredible stuff right there for you 
to see go into your dog's food. And all you do is sprinkle on top of your dog's food, and boom, they eat it up. They love the taste, and you'll love what it does for them. It really helps them out. Their sore hips and back, and they're lethargic. Maybe they have digestion problems, allergies. You watch what happens. Get your free bag of Rough Greens right now, ruffgreens.com slash chad, ruffgreens.com slash chad. They're going to send you a bag for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. It's that time of the week where we break it down for you and get you woke. It's all right. I feel that way, too. It's all right. Let it out. Like, can we actually agree that women get pregnant and not men? How dare you? White women raise the white boys who grow up to be little, misogynistic, patriarchal tyrants. I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I'm a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. I'm it's time for Woke Wednesday. Woke Wednesday. We like to get woke. You know that. I know that. We want to keep everybody abreast of what's going on in the world. And wokeness is available to you everywhere because, well, that's what woke does. Hi, everyone. This is just a friendly reminder that if a fat person is talking about their own experience with fat phobia, their own experience with their body, with their fat body, their larger body, their plus size body, whatever they f- want to call it that when a fat person is talking about their own their own experience that's not an invitation for thin people to insert themselves in a conversation that's not about them just so you know just so you know that's not an invitation for you to put yourself in a position if you're a thin person well what if you're talking about getting healthy can they do that or or is that a no look anybody's experience you shouldn't budge into i think we all know that right but uh you know Everybody's a victim. So one thing you learn about wokeness, right? You know, intersectionality. It's 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 a victimhood mentality. It's turning everybody into a victim that matters. If I can make you a victim and then I'm a victim, we're all victims. Well, then we're aggrieved and that's fantastic. And we can go after the the, the party that hurt us. When a marginalized person, yes, because fat people are marginalized. If you don't understand that, then look at intersectionality and the different intersections. Okay, first of all, marginalized? Uh, Bigger girl, marginalized. Chad, that's not for I'm just putting it out there. But what did I just talk about? Intersectionality. Look at all the intersectionality stuff. Because body size is one of them. Back to the point. It's not an invitation for thin people to just enter into the space of fat people to talk about themselves. No offense, but this isn't f-ing about you. And if you think it is, that's your own projection. Go to therapy and let fat and marginalized people talk. Just so you know. Yeah, but here's the problem. You want everybody to look at you. You want to bring everybody into the conversation so you could talk about being a victim. But then you don't want people to answer back. You want to be able to speak. It's part of the wokeness, right? The part of the woke, uh, you know, uh, theory and ideology of the intersectionality is that there's a hierarchy, right? You know, so if you're you're black, you're on the pyramid up here. But if you're black and a lesbian, well, you're higher than that person. And, and, and that's the whole point. But the thing is, all the people who are victimized, they want to be able to to accuse and say something about people. And at the same time, they want to be able to say, well, you can't say anything back to me. That's part of the woke culture. Sad. 
323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. We'll from wokeness a little bit later. Mike Lyons joins us next. Something that's not woke. Ukraine, Russia. It got even more serious today. We talk about it straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Putin also announced a partial mobilization of Russian citizens as he tries to ramp up the size of the military for the war effort. This all comes as Putin suffers heavy battlefield losses, President Zelensky dismissing the moves as noise and thanking allies for their support. Yeah, uh, it's getting real. Uh, and it's been real, but I think for the rest of the world, they're starting to pay attention because our attention span is that of a gnat, and we move on to other things. Of course, the queen died, so we paid attention to that, but the reality is the moves that the Ukrainians have made is uh, it's pretty damn significant, and it's causing the Russians to do some stuff. Joining us now, the guy that's been with us every step of the way, a, a retired major in the Army and an amazing military analyst, uh, one and only Mike Lyons. And Mike... Uh, they did some stuff today, and he is, what is he, semi-conscripting 300,000 people? Yeah, that's about it, Chad. Uh, partial mobilization, looking for reservists who have, A, served already, have specific military skills, have combat experience. And, and in reality, not a lot of people meet those criteria. Um, so, you know, the the... the the, the speech that was given had so many lies to it. There's no other way to kind of put this and unreliable when it came down to, you know, how many people they think they're going to get. They're saying 300,000, which would be a significant change if they all showed up trained and ready to go. But, I, but um, I still don't think that they're, they've got that number. This is a, again, partial mobilization. It hasn't got the rest of the country. It totally involved yet. The, the question is how many, exactly will show up in in the theater and when will it get there you know mike you talk about how many will show up uh they have suffered some eighty thousand casualties from from death to 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 wounded soldiers they they have they're putting now essentially they're asking reservists to come up and like you said how many are they really going to have and how many of these these people are going to make a difference anytime soon because the ukrainians are pushing and pushing hard and you talked about it you told us Oh, it's going to start, you know, right after Labor Day. And they were surprised, it seemed. How bad is their intelligence? Yeah, the, the Ukraine military has the advantage of what's been superb U.S. intelligence since this started, since even before it started. And they're they're taking advantage of it in ways, combining it with the, the technology that we're giving them that is causing Russia almost to come to its knees. Now, it's hard to say that because Russia still wants to just fight this to a stalemate. They still are in about, uh, let's say, 20 percent of Ukraine. They still have large number of troops in, in the Donbass region. If you look at it from historical perspective, they have enough to go on a static defense. And they're trying to do that now, claim that area as Russian territory. So that's that's all in the offing. And and I, let, I don't want to be too optimistic about what the Ukraine military can do. 
because of what Russia can do on the other side. And that's that nuclear equation. You're seeing more uh, being written about that now in, in the media and, and studying that. And that's you know something I did in the past. I was a nuclear weapons officer in, in our military and know about Russian ta- doctrine and tactics when it comes to that and what their capability of. And should they decide to go that route, um, the balance would tip greatly back in favor of Russia. That's is the harsh reality of it. And you know whether or not we've got enough deterrence on on the western side to keep them from doing that really remains to be seen yeah because uh, we're talking to mike lyons military analyst because he did ramp that up today right he ramped up the you know if this is our territory and if you guys even encroach on our territory uh we're we're going to step it up and, but right. while he could change the battle right there the war would look significantly different because 60 minutes the other night uh you know they brought out old joe and old Joe said a couple things, and we'll get to the other one. But the first one, he said, if there's yeah. chemical or nuclear attack in any way, shape, or form, well, that changes the equation. Right. So let's talk about what that means. So if they decide to use a nuclear tactical nuke, let's get, leave it at that. And it's going to have to be something that's far enough inside Ukraine where it won't eventually hurt Russian troops, either from a fallout perspective or from a uh, a blast perspective. OK, so so you have to think about, number one, how are they delivering that? Is it an artillery piece? Probably not. It'll probably have to come from other mechanism. But what that'll do, though, is it will fix conventional forces on the Ukraine side. The Ukraine conventional army leaders now have to say, we've got to spread out. We can't become targets because that nuclear uh, round ends up becoming as accurate and as effective as some of the technology, precise fires that we're firing. The Ukraine is firing back on on Russia. So that that's the first issue that that's right there. But that also, I think, though, strategically. Taking it to the next step is uh, you're going to have every NATO country now at this point, including the United States, basically has to get together and say we have to now have regime change. Vladimir Putin can't stay in power once this is over. We can't. All, it's, it's he's he's now become Hitler. We can't. You know, during at some point in the Second World War, Germany just couldn't have said, "Ah, you know what? We're going to stop. We're going to sue for peace." Uh, uh-uh, uh. He's got to go. Well, that's really what what that that would mean. So I think you'd see a very overt operation that Russia would do turn to a very covert operation on on the other side, and you'd see NATO countries involved. You'd see every country now taking a run at him covertly inside of Russia to try to do some kind of internal regime change. I think that's that's the other result of this, and and again changes the, the dynamics. Maybe it forces U.S. and NATO to res- respond conventionally, but again, then you have escalation on Russia's side. Now Russia fully mobilizes. And once again, look in history. History shows that the country that has the larger industrial complex will win a war of attrition, will win this kind of war. So, the Ru- so Russia just has to wait out Ukraine, not get this escalation point, which I still think and believe that, that Vladimir Putin is not that desperate yet to use that tactical nuke. Yeah, that was my next question. How desperate is he? He's not quite there yet, right? If he, there's still some sanity, even though you know people are starting to push back. I read yesterday and earlier today that uh, uh, many men were fleeing last night, getting the last flights out of Moscow because they wouldn't all be drafted. So mm-hmm. obviously, news is getting out that things aren't going well. You're seeing more and more people in the press ask certain questions. He's not quite at that desperation level. When does he get there? I, you know, he's going to I would expect he should at least give this the winter and see how the European nations respond to not uh, having some of the energy and seeing what impact it has there, because he can't hold create a static defense 
inside the Donbass region. And, and Crimea is important for him. It's where the Black Sea, the naval, the naval forces that he has, is that warm water port. And it's, it's the reason primarily why he took it in 2014 to begin with. Um, he had been leasing it so from Ukraine in one of those you know, deals of 99 years and, and whatever, similar to what you saw Russia do in Syria, having that warm water port there. Um, so he's that that likely is the is the last place that he fights and, and maintains that a region a, a foothold there, but um, but uh, if he can find some general officers that it could at least get into the static defense, um, Ukraine still is going to have a problem mobilizing itself. The, R- Russia claims that they're calling up a hundred thousand men. I, I'm not sure where they're coming from either. They're they're as exhausted. I, you'll see you know in these media reports showing how well Ukraine is doing. That's true. But they're also suffering casualties as well. And, and they've got the advantage, again, of the technology right now. Um, but they still need men. They still need a, a tremendous amount of soldiers if they're going to have to go on the offense to take those areas in the static defense back. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, Biden the other night, let's switch switch lanes here really quick. Biden the other night, 60 Minutes, said, you know, you know, nuclear or chemical attack, this is what's going to happen. We're going to be there. But he also threw out Taiwan. And I found that to be very, very interesting because, uh, you know, Taiwan, you know, obviously the one China policy. Well, Putin and Xi met the other day. The most awkward thing I've ever seen is that picture of them standing next to each other. Obviously, Xi is not happy with Russia uh, in what is currently going on there. And even India basically said, look, we like your cheap oil. But the reality is you're being a you're, you're being an a-hole. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it, I look at this. If I'm Xi. And I'm Russia. At some point in time, don't we say, let's test this old guy over here and uh, let's see what he can do, because he's not going to fight both of us at the same time. Yeah, I, I think that China is the other deterrence for him, Putin not using nukes in Ukraine. Uh, the question is, how desperate is, is the Chinese leader? And, and that, that's one course of action, as you, as you highlighted there. Um, but um, or, or Xi decides to go the other route and becomes the peacemaker. Let's say he gets Russia to stop what's going on in Ukraine and and puts the you know kind of the world on this peace pause for a little bit, and then decides to take another route into Taiwan. He he takes Taiwan by strangling it. He doesn't. He's gonna. I'm gonna assume he's read Sun Tzu. I'm gonna assume he's read the ancient Chinese uh, battle technology theories that say. Let's let's not fight even fight this war if you don't have to. They could strangle Taiwan. They could put blockades around. There's a lot of things that they could do there that would give them an advantage without having to fire a shot. So um, I I don't if if he lights the fire, though, if he lights the powder keg and decides to go into um, into it right now and, and throws the world in potentially a third world war situation, again, unthinkable on so many levels. Uh, I, I would be very surprised. I, I have to think he has an opportunity to be a peacemaker. I think he'll do that, get some credibility, and then look to strangle off Taiwan in the coming years, maybe maybe in the next seven to, five, you know, seven to nine to ten years. Which one of the Western allies has Zelensky's ear where they could sit down with him and say, look, you guys, you, you know, you, you kicked their ass, you got them out of Kiev, uh, you know, because you, you, know, you know I've talked about it, right? We don't surround on all fours. You want right. to give them an exit. But he seems to be of the mind, we want him out completely, because all they're going to do is reset and then come back as it again. But we also want to fund him forever. Somebody's got to have his ear and say, look, we, we got to figure this out because we can't fund you forever in a day uh, to keep this thing going. Who has his ear? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't know if Zelensky 
can make that deal, even if someone had his ear. And and he'd have to sell that to the Ukraine people. Right now, they are in a in a fervor of um, you know, lathered up to the point where they're willing to fight and die to the last person. So I I'm not sure that that scenario could exist internally. How he could sell that to his people, um, but frankly, the only country that might have that level of legitimacy is the United States. It's not Joe Biden. It's somebody else. It's, it's some other legitimate leader inside our government. Maybe it's blank. I, I don't know. But, but obviously, from what we see on 60 Minutes, he just can't even seem to have a conversation at, at that level. Uh, I, I'm just not sure. Maybe it's uh, the secretary of defense in our country. But but the Germans don't have any legitimacy. The Germans have been talking a great game for five months and they still can't get out of their own way. Um, the French don't have the same power as they used to because it also at the end of the day they haven't you know the dirty little secret about the french is they haven't destroyed all their nuclear power plants yet so they're going to be okay for this and because they you know they talk one game about the the green new deal but then the same token they're still they still haven't outsourced their energy so they ended up being smart about it it was the germans that are going to be in big trouble here i think unfortunately the uk is a declining power still in in europe so so old europe new new europe and there's really nobody on the new europe side poland Romania, those those countries around there that have enough military expertise or military you know power to help. So it's the United States. The question is, who's that person in the United States? It surely isn't the president. Um, maybe it's our secretary of defense. Maybe it's Lloyd Austin has that ability to tell Zelensky that. But I'm not sure Zelensky could sell that to the Ukraine people at this point. Love having you on, as always, because it's the best insight. Mike Lyons, uh, military analyst and uh, retired uh, major in the Army, as always. And, and you got to play with the nuclear stuff, which is just, Mike, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. It's Thanks good for having me on, brother. And again, the, the key is going to be over to covert. If they overtly use nukes, we're going to covertly go after Vladimir Putin. He's not going to survive the regime. Oh, yeah, that's going to be crazy. That is going to be crazy. Uh, God willing, that doesn't happen. Thanks so much, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. I mean, where do you go? I mean, at this point, over to covert. Uh, Woody, well, it's good to hear that Mike says, look, he's not quite there yet, which is, I think, what people want to hear. And I understand if you're Zelensky. You don't want to give up anything. You want to take it all back. You know, at the same time, and I, I and we're going to fund it, right? There's no doubt about that. But, you know, how many people are you willing to to, to let burn? It, it's what can we do? And could China be a peacemaker? Maybe, maybe. But, uh, you know, I'm glad to hear that, uh, you know, not quite yet ready for nuclear. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter Better help. Better help. H E L P. Better help. So, as you guys know, it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with, you know, issues in life. But you need to figure out how you find solutions. Better help can help with that. Becoming a better problem solver, getting to the root cause of issues. Now, my stepdaughter. She had her issues. I mean, when we shut down, she was the 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 COVID, it it, it really it, it, it hit her harder than the other kids. Right now, become a better problem solver with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Benson. BetterHelp.com slash Benson. Save 10% on your first month. BetterHelp.com slash Benson. Chad Benson Show. Deep states? Uh, no. Deep doo-doo? Yeah. The Chad Benson Show. Uh, listen to Mike Lyons there. It's interesting. Doesn't look like we're heading towards World War III yet. 
Thank God for that. But I was just, uh, Phil and I were talking about all the mysterious people that have died. Oligarchs. Are you ready for this? Crazy, right? Soak this up, people. Uh, One in eight oligarchs have passed away. All of them have a few things in common. Oil and gas ties. Oh, oh, and they're (laughs) anti-war. Lenoid Shulman, 60 was uh, pushing back before the war even started. He was found with slash wrists in his bathroom, and a note found his body said that he was suffering uh, after having a leg injury because he was shot earlier. <laughs> My God. How many of them have thrown the, lots of murder-suicides as well? These are all oligarchs, all in their 50s and 60s. It's insane. It is. Uh, yeah. If you don't think there's... Some there, there with him. You're fooling yourself. Finally found something us Americans agree on. So we were talking earlier that America, like the division, like, you know, is uh, New York Times and Siena College asked a question. Do you think America's great, the greatest country? And a vast majority of Democrats say no. A vast majority of Republicans say yes. Uh, and then it goes, you know, like socialism, you know, Democrats, the uh, majority of Democrats say favorable socialism comparatively to things like mm, capitalism. But there is something we agree upon. Quiet quitting. 82% of young workers, 18 to 29, say the idea of doing minimum required work to keep their job is extremely appealing. 15% are already doing it. This is over uh, about 900 respondents. Uh, Now, here's what's great. 85% of young women. 75% of young men feel the same way. 82% of uh, white respondents, 86% of black, and 79% of Asian. 84% of Democrats, 79% of Republicans, and 83% of independents all agree that quiet quitting is it. Oh, whoa. And again, what is quiet quitting? I think the best way to describe it is doing the bare minimum. Trying to, you know, and, and and in some cases, and again, you're going to get different, you know, different people say different things. It's it's you're slowly phasing yourself out of your job while looking for another job. Some is I'm going to give you the absolute bare minimum. Don't ask me for anything past, you know, if you're off at three, 301. And for some people, they feel like, OK, you're paying me X amount of dollars a year, but I'm worth this. So based on my calculations. I work till four, but I stop working for real at one. It's just crazy. But at least we agree on it. Quiet quitting. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. 